0: And, um, and normally it's fine, because you work your way around it, um, but I think, and especially for tonight, it's part of my message, is how do we speak across generations with the Word of God that can actually stay through generations and still be valid, and still a valid word for us today? And then of course my challenge is, as I speak it to you, how do I do that, that I can speak to Norman, and to David, and to Turby. Toby? And to maybe um, Kelsey at the back, quite a wide range of people. But I think part of what I want to share tonight is that that is what is so amazing about God's word, is it actually crosses generations and has been doing that since the beginning of time. So um, just a quick story, which can get quite embarrassing, and this is one of the things that I don't like about being 60, is that Peter's niece was um, leaving for the UK last week on Wednesday, and we weren't there. But they took all the photographs at the airport and they posted it on our family group. And Peter's mommy is turning 100 this year and she's in a wheelchair. And so she doesn't get out much. And I see this beautiful photograph on WhatsApp and I see her sitting there and I said to her, I said to Peter's sister on Friday nights, how did mom get to the airport? And she said to me with this little smile, they photoshopped her in. So, um, and again, that's part of what I want to share with you today. We're living in an age where we don't know actually what's real and what's not real. And um, and it can be embarrassing in that instance, get caught out, but, and it wasn't a big thing. But sometimes, when, especially when it comes to the Word of God, we can get caught out quite badly if we're interpreting and portraying that Word of God incorrectly across generations. And I think that's kind of part of the sacred trust that we hold as people, how are we going to carry the word of God across generations? Um, so, just as we go into that, and i just, if you need a title for the sermon, they probably need it for the, for the podcast and things. And I'm taking it from Hebrews 1. Um, the title is God's Final Word, His Son. On many past occasions and in many different ways, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken through his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, his being being God's being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So as we read that and we understand there's so much in that scripture of how God holds everything together in the word of Jesus, Um, And in the word of scripture. Um, And the scripture that we have today, and we have it in this book, some of you have it in a phone, which also I struggle with, but um, we have it in different forms, but it's the word of God that's been put together in a complete um, book um, that, that we can read today. Um, and it's come through and it encompasses all that God has ever spoken through the generations that came through Moses, through the beginning of creation, through Jesus, as He came and actually brought God's Word in the flesh, and then through the disciples and through the early church. Um, and we have that today that we can read and we can reference, and um, it's our inheritance that's been carried down. Um, and And then we have it in the word that gets preached on a Sunday. So it continues to grow and to be carried um, in, in different forms. Um, and but all of it, in essence, and we've heard this, people have built a very good foundation over the last few weeks. In all of it, we recognize and realize that it is Jesus. So if we want to know how do we see Jesus, this is where we see Jesus. There are other ways, but primarily this is where we see and find Jesus. Um, Paul the Apostle, he writes that all Scripture is God-breathed and useful to us and that it's alive and active. And it was alive and active then, and it's alive and active now. So in that, we also know that it's a living word. It's not a dead word. It still remains fresh and living for us today. And Eugene Peterson, he's the author of the Message Bible, for those of you who don't know, um, he writes, Scripture is the course of revealing God. It pulls us into the revelation and welcomes us as participants in it. And in this way, the Bible is livable. It is the text for living our lives. It reveals a God created, God ordered, God blessed world in which we find ourselves at home and whole. So we come and we actually get encompassed in that and we find our place in the story of God and his people. Through time, and so we sit poised tonight in this little bubble of time, a little pivotal moment, and we know and hope that, well, it is our hope that this will continue till the end. God will carry this till the very end. Um, so, so again, I so say, my question to this thing: What's so amazing about Scripture is this—that Jesus is alive, He's active, He's a living Word, He's present in our lives, and we have Him to lead us, guide us, and shape us, and do whatever um, that means for us in our walk with God. Um, but then I have another question that I asked, and I had some discussions with my, my daughter. She helped me a little bit last night as I was just chatting through some stuff. If it is so amazing, why don't we live in it? Why are we not living in the Word? <laughs> why are we looking To Google? Why are we looking to other sources? Why are we sitting playing games on our phones? Why are we floundering at times with some of the the struggles in life? And why are we not spending our time in scripture? And so I don't know if it's really my thing tonight to answer that question. Maybe it's ask yourselves that question and we'll see how the message goes, whether we actually address that. But I think I want to just move into a space of why I feel it is so incredibly important that we make it our priority. Um, And I think it's something that I've been burdened with for a while. Um, When I talk about generations, as I said earlier on, it's not this next generation. We're living in this generation and this generation is made up of a whole lot of generations. So it's this time period we find ourselves in. So when I speak about this generation, that's what I'm talking about, it's this time period in history, um, deception and um, and so I think for me, just going back, so the two key things I think that we that is always a battle is uh, is deception, truth, the fight for truth, and the fight for our identity. It's always key if you look at scripture; it's always goes right the way through scripture. Um, but I don't think it's ever been more prevalent than it is now, because you've got everything coming at us. To tell us um, who we are or form us or whatever. And I'll again cover a bit of that more. But I think um, these are the two things I want to just touch on. Because if we're not being formed by scripture and finding truth in scripture, we're going to find it and be formed by the world and be deceived through photoshops, so We don't know what's true and what's not true anymore. Um, so, so. The first one there I want to just touch on is truth, and that for me is linked to discernment. We need to be discerning if we want to be able to identify truth. We need to have discerning spirits, and Paul writes in Romans twelve twelve he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And we know that scripture quite well, but this is the part that we need to listen to, so that you may discern what is the will of God. What is the good and acceptable and perfect will. And that for me, I just really translate in what is the truth. What is the truth of who God is and how He wants us to live. Um, and um, Yeah, we have this, it's like it's like just bombards you all day with all the different stuff, you know. We see I won't even go into the details of it, but as I say, I think for me it's been a it's been a, a growing concern of How do we discern truth? Um, We used to think if something was printed in a book, it was true. Now you can get books, you can get news, you can get magazines, and it doesn't mean that it's actually true. Um, And um, I don't want to belabor the point, but if we're not being formed, if we're not discerning and learning how to discern the word, from Scripture and through our time with Jesus, we're going to be formed, and we're going to be finding um, ourselves wrestling with truth and deception and lies, and trying to find out what is real and what is not real. Um, and I, yeah, I think I will bring this in. Is that? I think we know it, so I don't know how much I need to just remind you <laughs> of what's already been covered about God's word. But we know that when we spend time reading His word and we spend time with Jesus, either if it's reading or if it's in the spirit or however we spend time with Jesus, um, we we see the Father. We see who God is. We get to see His character. We get to learn His ways, and we get to see what's the truth. And the more we do that, the more we will grow in that. Um, So, um, and then we know that Jesus gives us that invitation, and he says, um, stop trying to do this your own way. And he says, come and grab hold of me, and I will teach you. And in essence, that's what we do with scripture, and in fellowship, and discipleship, and whatever we do. And so then the second part of this is our identity, is how we're being formed um, and made into the image of all kinds of things. Um, to the point that either we're being formed into other pictures. You can look like this, you can do this, you can look like that, be this, be that. Or we're actually being told, you can actually just decide for yourself. You don't have to be any of those things. (laughs) You can just create a new gender. You can create a new way of doing something that hasn't been done before. Um, You can just decide for yourself, create something new. Um, and again, we know that that's not the way of Scripture. It's not our way as Christians and as disciples of Jesus, because we are to be formed and fashioned through the Word and through what God says about us. Um, and again, I'm not going to go into all the Scriptures, but, it's, but we can read and we can hear that God always, throughout Scriptures, tells us, through the prophets, through uh, other people, that he has created us. He has formed us. He knew us in our mother's wombs. He has the plan. He has a purpose for us. And if we want to know what that is, there's only one place we should go and look for it. And we should be relentless about that. Because we do not want to be fashioned and formed into anything other than what God says we are. And it's almost like the the scripture speaks about work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And that word salvation really just is our healing. Not the day we were saved. It's our ongoing working out healing and becoming whole. Do it with fear and trembling because it's a very sacred space. And, 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 and even as I talk, I mean, I'm, I'm far from this, but I'm becoming more and more aware, especially this year, of what is forming me and how am I speaking and, 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 and actually being almost fearful about what I'm watching, what I'm seeing, what I'm doing. And I'm a long way from getting there. But, but and you can ask Peter, he'll tell you how far away I am. <laughs> it almost seems to get worse, I think, before it gets better, because you start seeing all this stuff, you know. But um, but But it feels for me it's a burden on these two things in this age. And I think for this generation, carrying the word of God forward to the next generation is how pure are we going to carry it forward? Because... We can carry forward a corrupt word if it's integrated with a whole lot of other stuff. That it's okay. That's you know what I mean. And we can we can form something and pass it on to the next generation that is corrupted. And I'm starting to feel like a, like as I say almost a fear in how I read God's word, interpret it, and understand it for myself, so that I can pass it on well to a generation that's waiting. Um and needs it desperately. Needs it desperately. Um so so that's just some of the background of that. And then um I did ask that question, you know, earlier on. Um, so why are we not actually doing this? And for me I can give there's lots of answers, you know, busyness, um, yeah, there's a whole lot. Um, sometimes just tired, and I don't feel like engaging with a word, and I just want to zone out. I came home that one day, and I was like, Ugh, just don't feel like it. I'm going to just zone out. I want to just find a little bubble and watch a series and just let it all disappear. There's nothing wrong with that, but I ended up watching something on Netflix that I was horrified. <laughs> I switched it off so fast, that I said to my whole family, I'm disconnecting Netflix. You have to find your own subscriptions. <laughs> And they were horrified (laughs) because now they had to go off and buy their own Netflix. And we don't have it anymore. I just said, I can't take the chance of watching something like that in my living room again. Um, It just brought it straight in front of me. And I was like, oh, what the heck. And, of course, it's a generational thing because when I spoke to my girls, they said, but, Mom, you don't watch 16. You know that. I said, I didn't know that. And they said, before you watch anything, go and check all the stuff. I said, I don't know that I haven't been raised in this generation that will actually go and check every movie before you watch it. But it's the same thing. You can carry that through the scripture when you're actually having stuff taught to you or you re- reading it even on Google or on YouTube and you're getting people teaching you, be discerning about what you're reading or what you're hearing and what you're receiving into your spirit. So it's almost like this word for me, I felt to bring it as a warning for us. Um, and it's a heavy weight that I felt carrying with this word. Um, so, as I say, I don't come to give you answers necessarily. Um, but I suppose to encourage you and challenge you um, to find a way, however it is, to spend time with God's word. Either in scripture or in whatever way that you can. Um, <coughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, but I think when I, when I did want to try and identify, um, and again, I'd say thank you to my daughter. She helped me a lot. Um, what is it? Um, she said, Mom, I feel people don't actually have an have a understanding, or not understanding, but also, again, it's that fear of sin. Are there actually consequences? Do we live with consequences, or have we become people that just go, oh, it's all right, it's going to be okay? Um, it will be fine. And the truth of it is, and Scriptures told us that right from the beginning, it's not going to be fine. Because our sin, and if you want to use the word sin, people don't like the word sin anymore, and it simply means doing things our way and not God's way. If You want a quick overview of what sin is. As we go our own way and decide, I'm not going to do it that way, or I'm not going to learn the right way, I can do it my own way, It's not going to end well for us. As I say in Genesis, we know God says you can have all of this, but don't do that. You will die. Um, And then we read it, um, Moses, he puts before the Israelites, before he leaves, he says to them, I put before you life and death, choose life. And then Jesus comes and he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, the wages of sin are death. (laughs) And he says, an hour will bring you life everlasting. But the enemy is going to come and rob, kill, and destroy, which means we're going to end up not necessarily dying here, but we will live in the consequences of our sin or other people's sin. And it's not nice. You can look at the world today. We're living with the consequences of people doing things their own way and not doing it God's way. So I feel it like, as I say, this feels a bit heavy for you just shifting in your chairs a bit, take a deep breath, <laughs> um, but I felt I wanted to actually bring it, um, and it kind of came on with um, um, Dale last week, I'm going to call you David, <laughs> Dale last week um, also brought quite a heavy word, um, and so I felt, okay, maybe that's what God is speaking to us about, he wants us to, to actually speak a bit of truth, you know, and um, And then the other thing is, I think, why we don't do this because it does take effort. It does take effort. And it takes discipline. And it takes intentionality. And it takes hard work. And it takes a whole lot of stuff. And it's what Jesus calls the narrow road. Not the wide road. It's the narrow road. That actually, he says, only a few walk. Then my question to you is, will you be one of the few? Not the mass. Will you choose to be one of the few that actually start walking on the narrow path, fearfully testing the steps as you go and walking with Jesus alongside you? Because that's what's going to be important as we go forward in the next, um, what's it? I don't know. Will it be a century or millennial or whatever, the next era? (laughs) How are you going to walk? How are you going to choose to walk? Um, And so, obviously, when we look at that, um, for me, there's always three things at stake. It's our life. So, I will maybe have some, well, I will definitely have the consequences of my own ways and my own desires and my own stuff. Might just be putting on weight, might just be having harsh words with a husband, but it can be more dire than that. Um, the second one is for others. Always about others. Our sin affects others. It affects our children. It affects our wife. It affects our families. It affects our friends. And it might affect other people. On it depends on how bad that sin is. But it does have an impact on 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 lives. Um, and 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 here I want to actually have pointed out. I know people say you mustn't be a preacher's daughter or child because you get picked on. And I asked Jackie this afternoon. I said, "Please come and share something with me that she told me last night." So, Jacks, would you? come and just share and as she does that, I'm just going to tell you what it was. She said that is just in a a context and she's probably going to tell you um, that she has a burden and I'm I'm not going to explain what it is. She's going to tell you what that burden has been um, from her time away from Fountain.
1: Thank you. Um, um, Hello, good evening. Uh, For those of you that don't know, I spent a year in KwaZulu-Natal last year doing my community service um, in pharmacy, and I had a really great year, and I met some really awesome people from all cities, ages, walks of life, countries, and it was really cool. Um, But with that also, I was kind of taken out of my church community, my church bubble, my Friends that I've grown up here, which all kind of seem to share the same values and principles, and um, just being there, uh, I think we learned there were two other girls with me that were Christians. There was a group of about 14 of us. And so it was me and two other girls that were Christians. So we were the minority. And so I think that helped people to feel very comfortable with expressing their views, which were outright quite hateful towards Christianity or Christians specifically, and um, just just I've, they were comfortable expressing their views, um, which was actually really amazing because from where where I'm coming from, like I think I was a bit sheltered in my worldview and what people's worldview was. so it was really actually a blessing just because I got to experience what the world or what people are really struggling with and um, the honesty, the honest way that people view what we are saying and what our influence is being portrayed as. Um, so I think it's you know, just in line with this message, there is a lot of deception in the world and I was asked some um, very tough questions on the spot because, oh, you're a Christian. What do you think about abortion? Oh, you're a Christian. What are your views on this? Why does God, like, cause babies to die? And, like, all of these really hard questions that, like, oh, my gosh, I don't know when last I th- thought about this, you know, because I've been a Christian for a long time, and I had those questions initially, but I feel like I was so secure and that I haven't really thought about it since. Um you know, things like, why should we obey the, the word of God that was written thousands of years ago? You know, why is the Bible accurate? Who even wrote the Bible? And I was sitting there like, oh, gosh, like, you know, like trying to remember. And um, I think that's just the reality, like my mom was saying, that we live in a generation where these are questions that are being asked. And as Christians, we do need to have answers and it's really important that we do, because if we are indifferent, then that's your influence, is indifference. And people make up their own minds. There's no influence. So, um, yeah, that was my takeaway, is that in order to have influence, we need to know the word. We need to be ready. And our lives need to be bearing fruit of the word, so that what people experience of Christians is not something hypocritical, judgmental. Um, you hateful. It's a message of love and truth and life. Thank you. So that.
0: So that's me now helping my, Oh yeah, sorry. So that's me helping cross the generational conversation because in my generation it was, I think, easier. So I, you know. So anyway. So thank you, Jackie, for for succumbing so to the pressure, there was no pressure, I said no pressure, she said there's pressure, so, um, so, so yeah, I think she's kind of covered that, but I think again, so we have that responsibility as Christians, of we are presenting an image to the world, and how accurate is that image that we're presenting, and it's our responsibility, nobody else's responsibility, it's only ours. Um, and then again, and I've touched on that because it's for the future generations that are to come. How will this word and how are we living our lives be portrayed in other people's lives like Kelsey for the next generation and the next generation? And will the word of God continue um, in a pure, as pure a form as it can without having? And, and, and I think for me, um, the beauty again that comes to the word of God and to Jesus as we see him move through scripture is he does cross generations. He does cross cultures. He crosses every barrier that has ever been known to man. And if we interpret and understand his word well, it should be able to be spoken across any culture. Not adapting to the culture necessarily, but it should be able to, because we will see Jesus in every culture. It is in every single culture. And um, and it's for us to be able to identify, it. and that was what the New Testament writers did so very well, is they could go into different cultures, different settings, and they could identify where God was, the gods that they worshipped, the way they were, and they were able to take that culture and say, "This is where Jesus is in your culture," and they could find a language, not their language, and I'm not talking about English or cosa or they could find a biblical language, which is the word of God, which is Jesus that transcended all those things. Um, and so I think that really, in essence, is my word for you tonight. Um, and, and I can't just leave it there <laughs> because it's got to be an action. So always we know with God's word he's going to call us to do something about it. Um, and so um, I was thinking, like, with ministry time, how would I do ministry time and what would be my challenge? Um And I thought, essentially, I don't want um, to have ministry time again where we come forward and somebody comes and prays for us, for our needs. I want us to actually take time to just sit quietly and listen in silence for a little bit to what God would say to you out of this message, and then to take that word, and if you have a phone or a Bible, write it down and hold on to it, and then ask yourself, what does he want you to do? I won't say anything because he will always ask you, what are you going to do? And maybe later on tonight, share that with somebody and tell them what it is so you can be accountable for it. And if not tonight, do it during the week. And I think there's two things in there. So the first one is, obviously, what are you going to do about it? But the other one is, what lesson have you learned? Because the lesson that you've learned, I'm talking to a small group of people in this room, but I would like to think. That something I shared with you tonight can be taken to somebody else, and if you all take it and do what the disciples did and share it to one other person, it'll spread across the world as God wants. His He says that He will it will cover the the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's how His word goes out. So that is my challenge or anything to you today: look and see what is the word that you would be able to share with somebody else and do it, and um, and what do you think that the Lord is asking you to do out of this message, and then just take some time, so we'll do that in ministry time, and, um, and while we wait for the guys to come up, they can start playing, I'm going to just read, there's two scriptures I want to read and finish with, I think that's the best way for me to finish what I want to say, is by reading God's word, um, <clears throat> and the first one is from Hebrews 13 verse 8, And it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. Which is, I think, where the sin, the forgiveness of sins, or the forgetting of the sinful way is because of grace. We kind of move away. Um, But be strengthened by grace and not by foods of no value to those devoted to them. So Let me just repeat that. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace and not by foods of, of, of no value to those devoted to them. And then the final message I want to read to you is Ephesians 6. And I'm going to read it in two different versions. I'll also read it twice. Um, And the first one there is um, from verse 10. Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against authorities and powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And the message version is, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. So take all the help that you can get, every single weapon that God has issued, so that when it's all over, bar the shouting, you will still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than just words. Learn how to apply them you will need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. And in the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. So just a reminder of those two things for you to do. Um, just take some time, as I say, just contemplate the word and what the Lord would say to you. And so, Father, we invite your Holy Spirits and we thank you that you've been present all along. And we, even as I invite you to come, it's not come um, and be here. You've been here all along. But I invite you to come and move. Move through the hearts. Move through minds. Move through through, through the room and stir people in this room to, to just um, yeah, presence themselves with you and to hear what you would say to them. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are alive and active and your word is alive and active through you. Yeah, we ask you to bless this time further tonight, Lord, just um, as we go into worship. And um, yeah, I pray it'll be a good celebration time, that it's not a heavy thing, but it's a good celebration time because we know that the joy of the Lord will be our strength. Um, it's a joyful message because we know who our King is. And we know the inheritance that you've given us. And um, so we ask you, Lord, to help us as we go through the week and the rest of this evening. Amen. Bless you.